Wood, Timber and Planks, welcome back to Sound of Siren, I'm Xavier. I'm Dylan, welcome back to another episode and today is the round four review and the round five tips and it was a great round, I've said that for the last few but there was a plethora of close games and I'm a very happy man as you can tell, Zave. Yeah, same here, we both got the win for the first time this year in the same round so that's good for both of us. First game we'll review is the Sydney-Essendon game and I don't think many people would have expected Sydney to be 4-0 and at the start of the year but... Here they are after surviving a thriller Thursday night showdown. Yeah, I think this game was really good, uh, really close, and I think really promising for both teams. Uh, Nick Cox really stood out for Essendon. You've got him in your super coach team, obviously. Uh, Chad Warner, again, stood out for uh, Sydney. So their young talent for both teams really, really shined through. Really, should, um, But yeah, really good game. And as you said, 4-0 uh, start for Sydney is really good for them. Um, no one would have expected it at all. I think they finished 16th last year and they're currently sitting third and undefeated. So yeah. it's a really good start for them and they'll definitely be looking to push for the finals. And one man who's heavily underrated is Tom Hickey, in my opinion. He had eight clearances and he allowed Luke Parker to have 32 disposals, six clearances, and Josh Kennedy to have 22 disposals and six clearances. So a dominant midfield. And then you've got the likes of Callum Mills, who also had seven clearances, Errol Goulden, Braden Campbell. But unfortunately, Logan McDonald didn't really get to shine. He had seven disposals, no score. But I think that's because Buddy Franklin and Sam Reid have a majority of the spotlight on them. I think the unfortunate news for Sydney was uh, Isaac Heaney has a broken hand and will be out for extended time, as well as Dane Rampey has, I think, a broken broken thumb. So he's going to be out for a while as well, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. We hope they recover quickly and for the Bombers, Zach Merritt, once again impressive and Darcy Parrish is proving to just improve every year. So not a bad performance by the Bombers who smashed the Saints last week and to be honest, I don't think many people thought that they would be this close against Sydney in Sydney, but a great effort and a a wonderful game. But The Friday night game at Adelaide Oval and I want to hear your review on the Tigers who have lost two on the trot. Uh, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. I wouldn't be that worried if I'm a Richmond fan. Yeah. They've won just. They've lost just as many games in a row as they've won premierships in a row. So it's not really that big a deal. Um, but um, the unfortunate news again for Port Adelaide was injuries. We know Connor Rosie and uh, not Rosie. Uh, Zach Butters was injured, yeah. uh, and Bursma has a knee injury as well. So that's unfortunate for them. And Port won the clearances by 12. I've spoken about clearances this episode a fair bit, but I think that's just the way to go this season with the new speed of the game compared to last year. And clearances is all you want. Big kick to the inside 50, and it really puts you to advantage. But I think Charlie Dixon is out of form. Can we agree on that? Uh, Compared to last year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think Richmond's goal kicking was... The only problem for them, Tom Lynch kicked one goal, three, but the debutants were quite in their debut, but still room to improve. And they have a tough game against the Saints this week, which will be interesting. The next game on the Saturday, it was the Bulldogs and the Lions in not the greatest conditions. I will say down at Ballarat, it was windy, it was rainy, but the Bulldogs prevailed. Yeah, I think Adam Trelaw had his second really, really good game in a row. Jack McRae was good again. Um, I'm a bit... Are you worried about uh, Brisbane, Doug? Are you worried? 
I'm worried about Lockie Neal. However, he did say and he acknowledged that he isn't playing his best football and he thinks he's coming close to it. So if he does return to his Brownlow form, I think they'll be fine. One and three isn't the greatest start and they did lose in bad conditions, but they have the Bombers this week and a chance to finally get a win on the board. Yeah, I think at one and three, versing a team like the Bombers, it becomes a little bit of a must win. If they, if they drop to one and four and they're in the bottom three on the ladder, which they already are going into round five, um, it's going to be a tough way to, uh, a tough, uh, a long way to come back. So I think it's a little bit of a must win for Brisbane this week. Bulldogs, 4-0, how do you see them? Uh, I think they're just about contenders, I think. They're probably going to finish top four. We've talked about their midfield over and over again and how good they are with Dunkley, Bont, McRae, uh, Bailey Smith and so on, so on. And Tom Libertore, who's been really, really good as well, especially on the defensive end with his tackles. So uh, I think they're pretty legitimate and I, I definitely expect to see them in September and I think they'll win the final at least one. Yeah. Before I ramble on about the next game, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so I think St Kilda were one of the two biggest winners this week. They beat a team that many of us see as a really, really good team, top four team and uh, finals contenders. We know they blew out Port Adelaide just last week. So there was, me in particular, I was pretty critical of St Kilda last week after they lost by 75 points to SNN. And I said, they have West Coast. Richmond and then Port Adelaide in the in the following three weeks. So I thought they'd have a chance to lose all three of those, but they really stood tall and they won a really important game. So it's really well really well done to them. But in a way, I think it was a good wake up call for the Saints to lose to what some expect to be a bottom four, bottom five side, and to return to good form and beat the Eagles. But Jack Petrocelli for the Eagles was outstanding. He really blew the game wide open. Tim Kelly has started better than he did last season, but the final three or the final quarter and a half, a 54 to one run and the Saints, they were tenacious. They were down by 33 points. And then who knows what happened? I think Dan Butler kicked a goal and then the switch just flicked, which tends to happen with the Saints. Last year, I remember in a few games, if we kicked one goal, we'd get the ball rolling and kick a few. So the one issue I have with the Saints, and I'm not sure if you'll agree, is our starts to the game and whether or not we let them go too early and then we have to always peg our way back. Yeah, well, I think this week that was particularly evident given that they were down yeah. by 33 points. So um, hopefully you don't give up as big a lead next week because against a quality side like Richmond, I don't think you're going to be able to get it back two weeks in a row. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you can't really expect to give up 33-point leads and expect to bring it back every week. So hopefully they can be a bit better next week. But they got the win, which is all that really matters. Well, we saw that against the Tigers in the semi-final last year and we couldn't claw our way back. But the next game, up at the Gold Coast, and I'll let you go. So this, you're probably going to expect me to go on a little bit, but I wasn't really that impressed, to be honest, by Carlton. I thought we should have won this game and I thought we should have won it by a little bit more. Um, yeah, the, in the end though, I'm pretty happy because yeah. to win ugly is something that we haven't been able to do for the last couple of years. And I don't think we played anywhere near our best, but we still got a win. So that's really, really good for us. Yeah, for sure. And are you impressed with how Mark Pittenet has started? Not really. I spoke about him last week. I think yeah. he hasn't been that good, to be honest. And... I don't think he's in our best 22. 
once Tom DeConning comes back, I think he'll take his spot. But he was good this week. But given that he wasn't really playing against the Ruckman as well, definitely helps. Yeah, yeah, very fair. Uh, Ed Ed Kerno, it seems to get better with age. I mean, he's tagging. He had 32 disposals. And in my opinion, coming as one of the best taggers in the competition, obviously, I think we've had some great overtime. Ryan Crowley, probably the one that sticks in my head the most. But for the Suns, Jack Bowes has pulled his weight in the middle and Took Miller had 13 tackles, which was outstanding, similar to Brad Crouch for the Saints. But yeah, the Suns, they conceded one goal and seven behinds in the final term while managing just three behinds themselves. So just whether or not it's their defense, but certainly something to look at. And they're lucky Carlton didn't blow the game right right open. And we've seen troubles with their goal kicking, obviously against Fremantle last week. I think they struggled in one of the quarters and it tends to happen. But I don't know. Do you see it as a worry? But Carlton? Yeah. Um, for some players, I think some players are good set shots, but in particular, Patrick Cripps and Harry Mackay could yeah. definitely improve in front of the goals. We know Cripps just about had the worst set shot percentage last year. Harry Mackay kicked seven goals, five last week. Yeah, this week, kicked two goals, two. And he looks a little bit hesitant to just kick a drop punt in front of the goals, which is never what you want from someone with the talent that he has and the ability to take marks like he does. Um, I don't think he was all that good this week. He couldn't really get near the ball, but he did finish with two goals, which is a very good thing. But I did want to give a shout-out to Sam Doherty and Liam Jones as well. Both of them were really good in defence for Carlton. Doherty racked up 25 touches, uh, 28 touches, sorry, whilst Jones had 21 disposals and just intercepted everything for a second week in a row. So both of them were really good. Yeah, for sure. And to the MCG, I was very, very surprised by this. Collingwood GWS, and before we get to the Giants, who were resilient and amazing, by the way, the, the Maggies have some issues, I think. And Nathan Buckley described it perfectly. They lost the contested possession count by 15, and Buckley summed it up well post-game. He said, not clean enough, not hard enough, and not enough weight of numbers to be able to control the game and get it on your terms. So... You know, it's it's a real issue considering that the Giants are depleted by injuries and they still managed to beat them by five goals. So how do you view the Pies? I think this game was a little bit telling for both teams. We know GWS has really struggled in previous weeks, but for them to win against a team like Collingwood without players like DeBoer, um, Phil Davis, Lockie Whitfield, and Stephen Canelio speaks a lot to, uh, to what they are still capable of doing. Um, and as for Collingwood, as you asked, I'm, I'm really worried about them, to be honest. I know Jordan Degoe is on a, a big packet, and I'm yeah. not really rate, I don't really rate him that highly. Um, he's been on the list for 10 years now, and he's only had one top 10 best and fairest finish, or six seasons, so he's only had one top 10 best and fairest finish. Yeah. And out of 102 games, uh, only 11 times has he finished in the top five for ranking points. So I know ranking points isn't the perfect stat, but maybe yeah. Best and Ferris speaks a little bit more. But I think he needs to lift a little bit um, as well as some of the other players. But they're getting up there in age as well. So they've got the second most average games out of any player on the ground, uh, out of any team that lined up this week. And they're the oldest average team. As opposed to GWS, I want to have your, have, have, let you have a guess here. Uh, how, as average games, how, where do you think GWS ranks? Probably around 60, 70. No, for, um, like if you rank them all, so like 1 through 18. 
where would they rank in the league? Down the bottom quarter, I'd say about 13, 14. For average games, they're dead last at 18. Oh, what about yeah. for average age doing? Yeah. I yeah. guess that one. So, yeah, young team and probably the most gutsiest win you could see from the Giants. And the what's Pies your, letting go. Average age doing? Average age of GWS? Probably last. They're second last at 17. Yeah. So, uh, we know people start to say like GWS's window is closed. And I've been saying it as well. We know they're not as good as they have been in past years, but they're still one of the youngest leagues, uh, teams in the league. So I think they can still be better. Yeah, for sure. And I think Collingwood releasing the less notable players, maybe like Tom Phillips, probably doesn't help because they have a lack of forwards up in their forward line. And I think that's presenting a major issue. But Do you, do you think that they should swing one of either Jeremy Howe or Darcy Moore, who we know have played, both have played forward past in their past into the forward line? I'd have to say no, because those two are just so prominent for their back line. I mean, Darcy Moore is probably one of the only players on their list who has exceeded expectations. And Jeremy Howe, you could uh, you could give a solid argument, but I do think that those two are the main attractions up back. So just on Darcy Moore really quickly, I think his season in particular has been a little bit overrated. And I think he struggles to or not struggles, but he doesn't really defend as much as some of the other key defenders like Harris Andrews and Jacob Wiedering do. Now, we know after the Carlton game, he was praised as having like one of the best games of the year, but uh, Harry Mackay did manage to kick four goals on him. Uh, on, on Footy Classified, Matthew Lloyd pointed out some stats and uh, out of all players in the league, uh, Darcy Moore is first for marks against. Is first for disposals against and first for uncontested possessions against. So whilst we know he's really good and he, we know he intercepts the ball and takes the game on really well, I think there's definitely areas in his game that can improve. And if they don't, maybe whilst we know he's still good, uh, maybe they should look to uh, move him up forward because we know Majacek and, uh, and Mason Cox haven't really been getting it done so far. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say possibly Jack Siebel would be up there as well. I know yeah. Darcy said that last week, that even though he's producing solid scores for fantasy, such as Supercoach, he's letting a lot of goals being kicked against him. But just back on the Giants, Captain Toby Green has a nice ring to it, do you think? Yeah, I think... Mm, I'm not sure, because I know I'm a big fan of Toby Green, but and I don't really... I'm not as... Uh, not as against some of the acts that he's done in the past, but as other people are. But I'm not sure that you can have your captain being as undisciplined as someone like Toby Green. Not saying that it's totally bad, but I think some, some of the other players, we know Cornelio is, I think he can still be a great leader, even though he's been horribly out of form over the last year and a half. But I think Josh Kelly, if he re-signs or if he opts back into his contract, he could be really good uh, as a captain. And they've got some other players as well. Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper, I think, could be good captains. But not to take away from Toby Green, he's an absolute star and he had a great game on the weekend. Yeah, for sure. And there wasn't much room for improvement for the Giants. The Sunday game, it was the Kangaroos and the Crows. And I do think that the Kangaroos defenders did a great job alleviating Tex Walker. He kicked two goals in the first two minutes and only kicked one more for the rest of the game. But aside from that, a great win for Adelaide down at Marvel Stadium, which they've struggled in the past. And Lockie Scholl seems certain to pull some Brownlow votes. 31 possessions at 81% efficiency. 
yeah, he was the number one thing I wanted to point out about this game. Rocky Shaw, I'm a big fan of him. And it's not like he took cheap kicks either. Uh, 25 possessions out of his 31 were kicks. And he, he bites off a lot with them. I think he's one of the better kicks in the entire league. And he looks so damaging for them. And we know he's a running machine. So every time he got the ball, he just damaged them really bad. Eight marks as well. So really, really good goal. A really, really good game for him with his goal as well. And it was an extremely deflating way to end the match from a North Melbourne perspective. They conceded eight final quarter goals after having a third quarter run and they ended up losing by 41 points. So that's something that they'll have to look at. Luke McDonald obviously injured and there was a couple other people who were injured too. So not great for them. At least Aaron Hall had 33 disposals and played well. But yeah, I know the Kangaroos will probably struggle this year and will possibly struggle to get a win on the board if I'm being honest. North Melbourne, Tom Powell stood up as well and had yeah. probably his best game of the year. Yeah, for sure. And the Sunday game at MCG was Melbourne and Geelong. Say. Um, again, I think it's a little bit disappointing for Geelong. A little bit of glass half empty, but uh, they're not sitting in the eight currently. They're positioned yeah. 10th with only two out of four wins. But as I've said before, and I'll say it again, they're missing a lot of players still. Um, Patrick Dangerfield missed again with suspension, but he'll be back next week. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Cameron uh, still missing. Uh, he'll be back in the coming weeks as well. Um, oh, I can't quite. Did Menegola play? I'm not Menegola sure. Menegola did play. Yeah, Menegola. But still, Menegola and uh, Duncan have missed time through the year as well. So once they're fully fit, I still don't really have any questions about them. And miss, uh, Sean Higgins missed as well. So, but once they all get back, uh, I think they'll be really good. Did you mention Radagalia? No, I didn't. Yeah, he's not there. And I think Gary Rowan's missing time as well. So definitely injuries harming them. But I don't think Charles Howard couldn't have done much more for his side. He drove the Cats' second half comeback. I did see a little bit of discussion about how uh, Geelong missed a second option up forward. And they had to play uh, Jack Henry forward this week. Yeah. And um, he tried, but he wasn't really wasn't really up to it as a forward. But... Um, they talked about Asava Radagalia coming into the team as well as a couple of other players, maybe swinging Lockie Henderson forward. But I don't think it's an issue that they have to really readjust their team to because they've got, they're going to have the single best second option in the league come in in a couple of weeks, whether that be Hawkins or Cameron. But one of them's going to be the best option, best second option in the league for sure. And whether or not it was the wet conditions, but the Cats were going at 18% strike rate. They kicked nine goals from 50 inside. 50 entries so something to definitely look at but I do think they would have kicked a couple more if it was dry but still not the greatest result the final and again that's the thing that I think Jeremy Cameron will be able to help with given that they they had all the ball used inside their forward 50 once you bring a superstar in like that into your forward 50 you're going to find a way to kick more goals yeah for sure the final game of the round was Fremantle and Hawthorne and I'll let you take it away, Save. But Frio, a good win by 15 points with the return of Nat Fife. Yeah, so Nat Fife came in and he was really, really good. Uh, 31 disposals, five tackles and three marks. And I think he could have taken his game from really, really good to one of the best games ever if he had a kick six goal straight rather than zero goal six. But um, despite the inaccurate kicking, 13 goals, 18 and six points to Nat Fife, they managed to get the win. So... Um, they're looking pretty good this year, Fremantle. Uh, they're positioned, where are they? Um, ninth. So two wins, two losses. Uh, I think if you asked a Fremantle fan at the start of the year, they would have taken that. So they're doing pretty well. 
Yeah, I'd imagine they'd be quite complacent with how they're going and they have another winnable game against Adelaide this week at Adelaide, which is probably a challenge for them. But Sean Darcy, he was amazing on the weekend. Yeah. He had 14 disposals, four clearances from a Ruckman and nine score involvements, which was absolutely huge. Kicked three goals too, mind you, by the way, but huge performance by him. And David Mundy, much like Ed Kerno, seems to just get better with age. Yeah, I think Sean Darcy was just about best on ground, him and Fife. Every time the ball went inside 50, he looked like a threat. Uh, he took five marks uh, to go along with his AD and hit out some three goals. So really good game from him. And 10 of his 13 possessions were contested as well. So really well done. Any worries for the Hawks? Uh, no more than I already had. Uh, they're 17th. They've got one win. I didn't expect them to be very good, and I don't think they will be very good. But it is what it is, I guess. At least CJ, I think it's Chung Kwok Jai, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's a revelation for them and probably the most improved by a long shot. Yeah, I think so. And Tom Mitchell was good again, 38 disposals in a goal. Jarman MP2 and Blake Hardwick. So and, definitely some good players. And, and Wingard coming back in as well, 26 disposals and a goal. But yeah. they, they still missed some players that didn't turn up. Uh, Bruce wasn't good. Uh, only eight disposals. Uh, O'Brien was really poor. I think only six disposals for him. So yeah. they've still got a lot of improvement to have. I'll run by you this week's games really quickly and I'll put my input as well. St Kilda or Richmond? Despite St Kilda's really good performance, I'm still going to have to go Richmond. Uh, they're a forty-seven favourites. Really good, a really good team. Yep. West Coast Collingwood. Again, despite their poor performance, I'm going to have to go with West uh, West Coast because Collingwood had a poor performance as well. But they're good. Yep. Same. Western Bulldogs Gold Coast. At really impressive performance last week. So I'm going to go with uh, the Bulldogs. Yep. Sydney GWS at the SCG. Uh, I'm going with the underdog in this one. I said I wouldn't tip GWS again, but they yeah. they were really good last week. And I think uh, at $2.75 and the heavy underdog, I think GWS can get the win still. Battle of the Breach. So. I'm going to go Sydney. Carlton or Port Adelaide? I'm going to go Port Adelaide. But I think this is a game that Carlton should, or not should win, but if they win... This, these, these types of games. We've got game. Port Adelaide and Brisbane in the next two weeks and um, both of them were viewed as contenders at the start of the year. So I think if we can win a, a couple of those games against teams like that, as well as like West Coast, the Bulldogs, Geelong and, uh, and Richmond, if we win a couple of the teams that win against a couple of the teams that we shouldn't win against, then we should make the eight. So I'm still going to go Port Adelaide, but I think if Carlton win it, we're going to play finals this year. Brisbane-Essendon, in my opinion, one of the tougher games to tip. Uh, I know Brisbane were a little disappointing and Essendon were really good last week despite the loss, but I'm still going to go Brisbane. I think, as I said before, they need to win this one at one and three, bring it up to two and three, uh, keep their finals chances alive. So I'm still going to go Brisbane. Adelaide-Fremantle at Adelaide. I'm going to go Fremantle. Yeah. I'm going to go Adelaide, I think. Tex Walker, you know, they've got Luke Ryan, but who else is going to stop Tex Walker? Uh, at the moment, probably no one. I think uh, their key defenders are injured. So, But I think Nat Fife, uh, Michael Walters, they've got a couple of really, really good players, Fremantle, as well as Andrew Brayshaw, who's been 
pretty disappointing over the last couple of weeks, but I think he can get back to his best and Fremantle can pull out a wink, but probably the closest one of the round, I think. True. That'll actually be a very entertaining game to watch. Two sides who are, who are underrated, in my opinion, battling it out. Some talent there. Hawthorne or Melbourne at the G? Uh, I'm going to go Melbourne. I said Hawthorne. I didn't really rate them this year, and Melbourne's undefeated 4-0. So I think if they bring it out to 5-0, they're probably a good chance to play finals as well. And the final game of the round, Geelong North Melbourne at GMHBA. I know, again, I said Geelong was uh, disappointing last week, but <laughs> I'm going to have to pick them again. Uh, as you were saying before, you're not sure if North Melbourne will get a win. I think they'll get a win at some stage throughout the year, but yeah. I don't think it's going to come this week. Any other topics to talk about, save even the NBA? Um, I did have an NBA question, but I can't think of what it was now. So, <laughs> No. That's all right. No worries. So we hope you enjoyed this video. Make sure to like, subscribe, and good luck to your blue baggers. Go the Saints as well. I'm going tomorrow night, so it should be a great game. Maddie's match. Let's hope they play for Maddie, and there'll be a lot of money raised. Hope you enjoy, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching.